Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today I actually wanted to talk on my own about anxiety. Anxiety is something that all of us deal with in our early teens and throughout the, the you know, the 20-something years, but it kind of sticks with us all throughout life. A lot of us have like general anxiety and you'll get general anxiety on a lot of things in life, but I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with uh, anxiety and panic attacks in particular. So I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but when I was younger, about 17, I had a really bad social episode kind of. And for me, it caused a lot and a lot of anxiety to the point where I couldn't even really leave my house anymore. Um, Before that, when I was a young kid, I had pretty general anxiety. And as a kid, I was always scared of things that were absolutely out of my control. I was always in like counselors' offices talking about the world ending and uh, just general thoughts and, and things that I couldn't control. So as a kid, I always dealt with that. And as I got older, um, those general anxiety kind of issues, they went away. Um, usually, in my experience, they kind of just went away from life experience. But um, my social anxiety got really, really bad. And like I said, I had a bad episode one time or a bad panic attack. And that was when I was about 17. And it really stuck with me forever. Things are way better now, but still, I really struggle with the anxiety and the panic attacks in particular. So if anyone doesn't know what a panic attack is, it's kind of like an overwhelming sense of overload in your body where your mind kind of starts to forget the logistics of where you are and what's happening. And it's too busy kind of going through the emotions of, oh shit, like something bad about to happen. A lot of people actually compare it to a heart attack and I can relate. Um, I know for me, I'll start sweating and shaking and my breath is just out of sorts. Um, It's a really surreal experience and it's something that I have definitely got a better hold on, but still to this day, I struggle with them. I even went out this weekend and uh, just being in a super social environment without a lot of alcohol, I was really struggling to like be near the dance floor or be with all those people. It's so loud and loud and so overwhelming. It's really quite scary. Um, And to me, it's no wonder why it gets compared to a, like a heart attack or a stroke because your mind is kind of at that state now where it's kind of ready to fight, flight or freeze. And it's, it's the ultimate sense of danger, I guess. And panic is, you know, it, it really is the ultimate sense of danger. An interesting thing to note too with people who have a condition like agoraphobia, which is a panic or an anxiety disorder, um, quite often they found that their existence outside of themselves is actually quite minimal, meaning that they're really quite dependent on the other people in their life. And a lot of the time, if that gets taken away or threatened to take, to take, to be taken away, excuse me, the anxiety in your body is kind of always ready to explode it's always ready to go from oh shit I'm a bit scared to oh my god ultimate panic what do I do so it's always a good idea to have an existence that is within you that is internal Um, you don't ever really want to be too dependent on people especially if it's going to assist in the development of these you know mental disorders that can that can really hinder your quality of life anxiety and an anxiety attack or a panic attack in particular they're very similar to a feedback loop, kind of similar to how if you have a, a speaker and then a microphone and you put the microphone too close to the speaker, it starts to loop 
the sound will loop between the speaker and the microphone and it'll keep going. It's really similar to anxiety. So you might go out to a social event and you're feeling overwhelmed and then you'll start to maybe breathe a bit heavier. Now that you've started breathing a bit heavier, your body has instantly noticed that that's a, an abnormality in your normal body routine. So because of that, it's sending a feedback loop that we're a little bit anxious, we're a little bit panicked. So because you're doing that, then you might start shaking a little bit in your right hand. So now you're doing two things. So the feedback loop kind of just keeps going from there. You've started with just like breathing. Then you've gone to like maybe coughing, shaking, sweating. And before you know it, it can go from really calm and really manageable to the ultimate sign of I need to get out of here. I need to be safe because right now I'm in a tremendous amount of danger. The human body and the brain in particular is so interesting. So say if that happened at like your local mall and you'd go home and you'd be pretty much convinced maybe that that place you were at because of the feelings that you had there, that's an unsafe place. That is a place of danger. So before you go there again, you're likely to make up a bunch of excuses as to why you can't go there with the real reason being internal and the real, real, the real reason being that it's dangerous. You don't want to be there. It's too scary for you. And it's a really difficult narrative of, of thinking to get out of because our brains are really quite practical and logical. And because it's made the narrative now that that place is dangerous, you, you, like, you'll, you'll start to go along with that. And the reason it assumes that that place is dangerous is because you've run away from it. So now you might be in a position where the mall, your local mall, is, is too, it's tagged as too dangerous to be at. So maybe you'll go to somewhere quieter, just like a shopping center. But even there, you can find things that correlate that can bring you to feel those anxious feelings. Assisting your own body produce something like serotonin, which is a chemical or a mood stabilizer that actually improves your sleep and reduces anxiety, is one of those things you can learn to do, which can really benefit you both in times of great panic, like in the moment, and also just at a general on a general level, you know, maybe just introduce these things to your habitual daily life and they could really help with your general anxiety throughout it. You can do some things like get sunshine or practice medication or do a little bit of cardio. Um, anything that might involve like a little bit of a light sweat is really good and it produces the serotonin. I know for me, one of the most beneficial things I've found to help me when I'm in the great places of panic is uh, breathing meditation. Personally, I like to practice breathing in for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, and then breathing out for five seconds. I've noticed this a few times when I'm in a deep panic state that it really, really helps me calm down. And I'll usually do this for about 10 to 20 slow seconds. Sorry, not seconds. I'll do it for 10 to 20 sets of breathing in, holding it, and then breathing out. Um, it sounds really, really simple, but our breath work is super important to the state in which our body is in. You'll notice sometimes if you're doing a really, really hard workout, you'll be breathing heavier. And I know for me, maybe not for all people, but I know for me, I do workouts every single day. So I'm very much used to being hot and sweaty and breathing differently. But even most days, I would say a little bit of anxiousness arises in my body Nearly all the time when I'm doing these intense hard workouts, 
and that's someone who does it every single day. I'm just better now at catching myself and realizing why my body is doing that. It's not doing that necessarily because I am anxious. It's my body responding to my breath. And my body knows that when my body is acting out of alignment with me or it's doing an abnormal abnormal thing like breathing heavily, it associates that breathing heavily with my anxiousness and my panic. Because some of the, the first thing I did or have done when I have had a genuine panic attack was my breathing would change. My body is associating the difference in breathing now to a panic attack. And like I said, it goes back to that feedback loop. You're breathing differently. Okay, well, now I'm sweating. All right, well, now you're sweating and breathing differently. And now we're shaking. And then it goes from there. And yeah, like I said, before you know it, it's, it's really, really heightened. Your whole body is in a state of survival. Another thing that I've noticed helps me in particular is to become very engaged or very mindful. So sometimes it can really help to do the breath work. And a lot of the time when I do the breath work, I will either close my eyes and just see black and focus entirely on my breath. It sounds easy, but it's actually a bit of a trick to master. I will do that or I will open my eyes and kind of count in my head while I'm doing the breath work and I will start naming five things I can see. So I'll go laptop, carpet, USB. All right, well, that's three things. Then I'll name five things or three things, sorry, that are black. So I'll say couch, uh, box that's next to me, and a bag that's next to me. And you kind of do those things. You can do things you see, things you touch. Touching too, be mindful, okay? So use your other senses. So focus on your breath work. Start feeling things around you. I've done this so many times at clubs where... I never really have these bad panic attacks if I'm drinking, but obviously I don't actually like drinking that much. I only really do it socially. So if I'm out and I feel like I haven't had enough alcohol to be in that environment, I'll notice I get quite anxious and quite panicky. So more than once, I would have to touch three things in my own head. I would have to breathe slowly and close my eyes. I would have to look and name five things that start with the letter G, you know? Random things to get your mind preoccupied in something else. You can even use your phone and start playing little games on your phone. I find that that one doesn't help as much because you're kind of, you're removing yourself entirely from the situation by focusing on like a different world, a different engagement, as opposed to just engaging with what you can handle right now in the world. Even though right now your world, your perspective is very scary, very panicked, very out of sorts you can still have quite a lot of power there. The goal for learning how to deal with these things is empowering yourself, knowing yourself, understanding what it is, and then you can respond to it better. I'll also just go to the nearest person, well, the closest person that that I have a pre-existing relationship with, and I will get very, very engaged in a conversation with them. Maintain eye contact and really invest yourself in this really, even if it's a basic conversation. You need that for lack of a better word, that distraction for what you feel and you need to start becoming mindful of something else. When you're having all these anxious symptoms, your body is hyper aware of it because it knows it's preparing for a battle in some sense. So start taking yourself away from a little bit. Remember, you're still in that world. You're still scared, but you can still have quite a lot of power. You can know that you're scared and go, all right, how was your weekend? and begin talking to someone. Become very mindful of the very basic and fundamental things you can still do. And this works better 
if you catch yourself. Don't do this as the panic attack has fully started because then you're probably at some level of like really struggling to breathe and really uncontrollably sweating and shaking. And at that point, you need probably help from someone else. Or at the very least, you're very good at these catching yourself challenges so you can bring yourself back down to a level of calm. But up until these points, you can notice the symptoms and you will notice them. They won't fly by without you noticing because it's your body and it's your mind. So as you're noticing these things happen one by one, the, the best thing you can do is prevent the next feedback loop instead of trying to cure them, you know? Now we'll go back real quick to the person who is a little bit scared or anxious of going to an environment which they have tagged as too dangerous. Remember, these things happen on a subconscious level. You're not talking to yourself and going, that place is too scary. It's at a subconscious level where even if you think about it, you start correlating that place of danger. This can happen with people too. And I've noticed it happens quite a lot with exes. We kind of put that we put the X on the pedestal and even the thought of them, even if we haven't seen or heard from them in years can give us a maybe low or high level of anxiety or stress. Even it's a really, really awful feeling. And the trick here is learning how to empower yourself. And a part of that is stop putting the environment or the person on the pedestal. So something that I love and I kind of preach it to everyone is exposure therapy. And exposure therapy is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Anything you are scared of, go and do it. Like I said before, your brain will know that you're scared of that place because you were anxious there. It'll know that you're scared of that person because you have a pre-existing relationship there which had its highs and lows and ups and downs and maybe a bit of trauma in some sense. Trauma to the environments too. The best thing you can do, for the people at least, you don't have to go around contacting people from your past, but you need to learn that like your ex, that person, whoever it was, doesn't have to be an ex, but I know for me, that's who I correlate it to. They are literally just a person. They have really no correlation to where you are in life now. And chances are you're probably a very different person to who you were back then when you were with them. Um, especially if it's been like over 18 months, I believe, or I've heard at least that anything that happened over 18 months ago is in the past. Anything between... 18 months ago and now it's still something that you're dealing with to some sense so past 18 months ago it's in the past so you need to start changing your perspective and your mindset on how you think about that person because 18 months ago doesn't sound like heaps long but you were likely a, a different person 18 months ago and you will be 18 months from now that's just kind of how we work as people we're always growing and learning like i said the brain it it tags that place as danger because we felt unsafe there and it made our body have such a significant reaction so at a subconscious level our brain says no we're not doing it same with those people you can think about them or even see them maybe walking by somewhere and your brain would immediately correlate that to danger unsafe get away i am scared of it like i said though you don't have to go around contacting the people from your past just don't put them on a pedestal learn how to value yourself and not give energy to people or things that don't better yourself. There's a really awesome book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it's awesome. And it, it, it puts a lot of things in perspective and helps you figure out where to put your energy. Because a lot of your energy will go towards things that you can't control or things that are inherently negative. Once you learn how to control your own energy, it's one of those really great things and great empowerment tools. 
the thing is too, energy can never be stopped. It doesn't just stop, but it can always be transferred. So you, you don't necessarily have to stop thinking about the environment or the person that might be giving you anxiety. But if you transfer that energy to something else, it's super, super beneficial. I might make another video where I go more into that and the, the transferring of your own energy. But for anyone that wants to learn more about that, that the book that I just mentioned, super, super helpful for that. And going back to the exposure therapy, it's really straightforward. You're scared at this place you had a panic attack in. You're scared of the the restaurant that you were really, really sick in. Well, go back to it. That's the best thing you can do for yourself. You need to go back to it. If your anxiety around it is super significant, just take it in baby steps. For me, I had a really bad social experience and it developed agoraphobia, which for me, well, not for me, agoraphobia by definition is a fear of leaving the house because you're generally panicked. You're scared. You can't handle it. There was an old ass episode of The Simpsons where Marge gets robbed by, by a mugger and she kind of just deals with it and she's fine. And then one day, a few days after the actual event happened, she has this breakdown and she figures out that she can't handle life outside her own house anymore. This is pretty traditional with people that have agoraphobia. I have agoraphobia and it so that same thing with me, it was triggered by a really awful social experience. And just like that feedback loop, at first it was, I can't go back to that place anymore. Then slowly you become hyper aware that all the different places in your life have a lot of relative things that can correlate with each other. So at first it wasn't go, wasn't don't go back to that place, Bailey, because we're scared. Then it was don't go back to school, Bailey, because I dropped out of school then. Then it was it became so bad that I couldn't even leave my own house and I ended up becoming like a house mouse for a long, long time. When I say take baby steps, that's exactly what I had to do. So instead of just going to the restaurant, eating food and coming back, I would drive to the restaurant and that was it. At that point, that was all I could handle. I would drive to the restaurant, park and quickly just be too anxious, drive home. And I did that a few times. Then you just drive to the place, walk in and that's it slowly take these steps and then by eventually I can go out now and I can eat and socialize but trust me if I can do these things and make these these progressions anyone can I make this episode because I know so many of us struggle with anxiety and for me learning about these things is so empowering that when you get faced with the actual practical challenge of being in a, a really severe panic attack again you actually have a lot of tools and resources in your own body and mind that you can now take and use practically. So it's one of those really great things. I mean, the word empowerment for me is super important and I've really only come into terms with it this year, but learning how to empower yourself, especially mentally, getting that, that mental fortitude within yourself, super, super handy. And I recommend it to anyone because a lot of us, everyone, everyone gets anxiety to some degree. But for some of us, like me a few years ago, it's so significant where it literally changes your life. You, you can't go and do normal things anymore. You can't socialize or speak or eat. You can't even leave the house to some, like, so some people it really, really affects. And that's why I wanted to make the episode. For me, I've been getting super into psychology lately and learning about the behavior of the brain and how it reacts to certain environments and things and episodes. So 
getting an answer as to why I was the way I was for such a long time was awesome. Learning about the feedback loops and what a panic attack is. It's really, really interesting for me. As you can imagine, it's quite a detailed subject. So I could make another episode about it in the future or I could just talk about it in conversation for a long ass time. But I'm going to cut the episode short for now. So if you enjoyed it or if you learned anything from it, please let me know. At the moment, I have a really cool community of people listening, but I'm not getting a lot of like feedback from them. So I really would love to hear the feedback. I really want to connect with the people listening. It's a small group, but it's consistent. And I know that's something that I'm really, really proud of. So thank you to everyone that's been listening consistently because that's awesome. That that tells me that you're enjoying what I'm doing. Um, but give me some feedback in some sense. Talk to me. Reach out to me. Like I, I really want to talk and figure out ways I can continue to grow it because, like I said before, the community is something I want to grow. It's something I want to – it's something that I, I would have pride in if I got there. So because of that, I would love you guys to reach out to me or – shoot me ideas, do me, do anything, man. Like I, I would be so happy and grateful for that, but I'm going to cut the episode short and I will see you all soon. Thank you for listening. See ya.